countdown to the last comic shop in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, it's for the last comic shop! Yay! I was say, be careful what you say there, because 15 years from now, Lucasfilm is going to have to make a whole different movie up <laughs> Or Disney's going to come after you for copyright infringement. Anyways, we're opening the shop up to newbies to help them find their way underneath the comic book tent. And we like to keep the lights on for those oldies who uh, want to talk about Star Wars comics and stuff. Yeah, I'm the host with the most, Andy Larson. I'm joined by Jay Scott and Chad Smith, as well as my wonderful brother, Ethan Larson, for this week's episode all about Star Wars. May the third be with you. Yeah, it's that not as right. It doesn't sound anywhere as near as catchy at all. And I, I, they keep on expanding it every year. Now it's like Revenge of the Fifth and all this other stuff. And it, all to talk about space wizards. All to talk about samurais and westerns. If anything, the the Mandalorian and all the shows on Disney Plus has shown us Dave Filoni and and John Favreau. They know what they're doing because all they're doing is saying, you know what's great about Star Wars? Westerns and samurai. That's it. Everything else, no. And space yes. wizards. They have little muppets and stuff you too. I see it all the time. You didn't think trade negotiations was was good and. <laughs> I do say, yeah, it, it seems like um, for, for a part of space that where nothing's supposed to happen, a lot of stuff seems to happen in the outer rim. <laughs> That's Tatooine, man. They've got all those suns. It's a happening place. Right. Everybody wants to go back there. They, they, have, they had water at one point. They were like, eh, maybe we'll keep going back there until it's water again. Anyways, one thing that we're always going to go back this time of year uh, to is Star Wars comic books because it's relevant. People are looking for us to review Star Wars comics around May the 4th. So, yeah, we're going to review another Star Wars comic today. Right, guys? Well, I I didn't read any Star Wars comics. I was watching the movies. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like I already read a Star Wars comic once. That should be good enough. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not even on this show on a regular basis. <laughs> I was waiting for the ooh intro. Like, I don't know. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. In any case, I guess since we don't have a Star Wars comic book to review this week, we're going to have to go into the last comic shop archives and find one of our past reviews, which we did review a Star Wars comic book for all of our fans. So let's go ahead and get that vault open and see what's inside. Star Wars sound effects, any poops and beeps, uh, R2 units. Something powering up. Yeah, some parsec juice or whatever they use. (laughs) Parsec juice. Oh, gosh, it smells like an old Wookiee down here. Oh, man, we got to air this place out. Oh, boy. Any case, uh, uh, Chad, didn't we uh, review uh, a Jason Aaron comic book that, uh, or the part of a Jason Aaron run on a previous show that we could load up on the archive ROM at 3000? I can't do. I was trying to do Chewbacca and gargle a beverage. It wasn't working. (laughs) (laughs) Choke yourself, brother. I don't have a good Chewbacca impression, but man, that's what I would do right now. 
Yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, yeah, what? yeah, exactly. It That's was. It. I think it was. It was Jason Aaron and and the art by the sweet ass John Cassidy. Sweet ass John Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just get to it. Let's grab up that archive from the 2000 and go back in the Ghost of Last Comic Shop Pass for this review of the first six issues of Marvel's reboot of the Star Wars series from 2015. Star Wars on today's program. So first and foremost, I've got my cousin, J.A. Scott, lifelong Star Wars fan, got into Star Wars about the same time I did, right? I think our parents introduced us at the same time. I, I do remember we had matching Empire Strikes Back sleeping bags. Yes, we did. And I still have mine, by the way. So do I. Remember when they used to st- they used to show uh, Star Wars on CBS? Interesting story, J.A. didn't grow up with a television set, so... <laughs> He used to come to my house and want to watch TV, and, like, one of the biggest thrills he had, they would have Star Wars on, on CBS, and he'd be like, let's watch it. And I was like, I've seen it a bunch of times, let's watch it, because he always wanted to see the dogfight scene. He's like, I love dogfights in space. And he used to get all fired up about this. He hates the- space dog. To this day, isn't that your favorite part of Star Wars, is the dogfight at the end in, uh... In the original, yeah, uh, and not not the special edition version where they added some of the special effects, but the uh, the original. Yeah. Well, the the trench run and and the uh, the attack on the Death Star by far, you know, made cinematic history. And um, interesting thing about that, if you go, um, I think somebody did it on YouTube, how Star Wars was saved in the edit room. Yes, yeah, which talks it was... about how George Lucas had originally cut the movie, and then how his wife at the time, who was the editor went and actually made what we know as Star Wars simply by moving some parts around and uh, recutting the the fight scene at the end. Uh, the other person we have on today's program, it's Ethan Larson. A favorite Star Wars movie, Ethan? Oh, uh, shoot. Um, Force Awakens? Can I say wow. that? Wow, really? I really enjoyed That's that movie. That's a shocker. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. But I, but again, shocker. I haven't That's... seen the, the original one. I don't think I've actually ever sat through the the Empire Strikes Back because when I was when it was hugely popular, I was like six and had the attention span of a gnat. So <laughs> I just had never any desire. I really want to sit. I have my wife sit down and watch because she's only seen the Phantom Menace. Okay. And that's her entire impression of Star Wars. It's, it's, all midichlorians. She says, all I, saw, I saw the Galactic Senate and talking yeah. a lot. And, hey, there the are one. And, he, and they'll say, oh, yeah, you mean the New Hope? She'll be like, no, literally, the first one, the Phantom Menace. That's the only one I've seen. And they're like, oh, no. Yeah, that's like every Star Wars uh, fan's worst nightmare when the people are like, yeah, that's the only thing I know about Star Wars. And One of the best things that I think I've come across Star Wars related, they have this um, super cut on YouTube of all the lightsaber duels, at least one through six. And if you watch the one from Revenge of the Sith between Anakin and um, Obi-Wan, yeah. and then it cuts to the fight in Star Wars, like the fight in New Hope has so much gravitas from that. That is one of the things like George Lucas actually did right was that that prequel trilogy and that fight between the two of them adds so much more. With now I am the master. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. but I mean, Jay and I will say all the time that we the one of the biggest drawbacks of all those prequels trilogies is because jumping around like ninjas and they should be more samurai. 
It's like one strike, kill, and that's it. Like, because that's right. what you you have a lightsaber, right? It's an energy sword. It can like cauterize immediately. You're getting one shot, and people are dead. And it's all about parrying and and defense and where the person's gonna might get their 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 hit in. That's that's what it's all about. So I. I'm all about the original trilogy and the kind of slowed down fights. But for the first half of today's show, we actually have a comic book that's related to Star Wars, and that's what we're going to talk about. And it's a really great one, in my opinion. One of the best-selling comic books in recent memory. And absolutely. Wasn't this, um, what, number two? Number two. Best-selling book of the last at least 20 yeah. years. Right behind X-Men number one. With- right. And I have read some really great Star Wars. I was a huge fan of the Marvel's Star Wars comic book when I was growing up. But I can say that Jason Aaron's run on Star Wars that was released, I think, when did it start, Chad? 2015? Yeah, that sounds about right. It was right around the time of The Force Awakens. Force Awakens, yeah. And uh, he wrote it for quite a lot of issues after that. And it was running uh, concurrently with another great, great series done by uh, Karen Gillan, uh, just called Darth Vader. And they were kind of like running simultaneously. But this is the Star Wars book. In fact, we're reading the first trade on today's program. It's called Skywalker Strikes. Uh, It's the first six issues of Jason Aaron's run. It's got wonderful art by John Cassidy. And the colorist is Laura Martin. Didn't they do Planetary 2? Wasn't Laura Martin the... Yeah, uh, Laura Martin and John Cassidy were there. Jason Aaron's new to this. Chris Eliopoulos is on Letters. And yeah, it's it's a really great crew they assembled here for this book. Absolutely. And uh, real quickly, the 10 cent synopsis of this book, the first uh, trade, uh, it originally starts off uh, very shortly after... uh, Is it the Battle of Yavin, J.A.? I think it's the Battle of Yavin. Yeah, right after the Battle of Yavin. So uh, the rebels are, are, are feeling high on their horse. They've just blown up the Death Star. Um, they kind of have forgotten that the Empire is much bigger than just the Death Star. Right, absolutely. And so they, they come to like kind of like a, a weapons plant, like a planet that's just basically building weapons for the Empire. And they come in, uh, Han Solo pretends he's a, an emissary from the great job of the Hutt. Uh, who's working out some sort of weapons deal with the Empire. And uh, this is all kind of uh, uh, just to get uh, the Rebels into the door so that they can blow up. And so they start doing that. But who should show up is Darth Vader, who was also supposed to be part of the negotiations. Luke goes crazy and says, I'm going to get my chance to finally kill Darth Vader. They have a little bit of a mini showdown, although... This is about the time Darth Vader starts putting together the pieces of, like, who's this kid that blew up the Death Star, and why does he have my lightsaber when I was Anakin? Like, this seems very odd, and why is he talking about Ben Kenobi? This is very, very strange. But ultimately, at the end of this, they're successful with blowing up the plant, and Darth Vader starts putting together the pieces, sends Boba Fett after uh, Luke to bring him in, and that just... Opens up a whole can of worms. At the same time, you find out that Han Solo's maybe married? Mm. Uh, Well, he's trying to make time with Leia. But we're going to go through initial thoughts, and we're going to start with Chad. The rest of us had read it previously to today's show. Uh, Chad had not, I don't believe. So, Chad, what did you think of the initial reading of Skywalker Strikes? So, it's unique. I had read the Darth Vader series uh, that was running concurrent to this. And that one was interesting because it introduced a lot of new characters. Right. You had the Dr. Aphra. You right. You had the, the evil C-3PO and R2 units. Yeah, the yeah, those are great. Those are all breakout characters. The murder bots. And that was a lot of fun. And so I feel like that book had a lot of the new elements. 
The only real new character that shows up in here is Han Solo's potential wife who shows up as a cliffhanger at the very end of the, the series. The rest of this is all familiar characters and situations in that they're playing in the gutter, so to speak. They're playing in that in-between time, in between uh, the first Star Wars movie and Empire Strikes Back. Yes. And so there's a lot of things that we know that they don't know that eventually they'll know. And like, oh, man, once they find this out... But Jason Aaron does a really great job of playing in those spaces and making characters interact that, you know, like Luke and Boba Fett. Like, how cool is that? We have a Luke and Boba Fett interaction. Absolutely. And the fact that he has to blind Luke in that fight so that Luke doesn't, I don't know, know Boba Fett later on because... That probably be would be my only real complaint about this book was that a, it, at times it was a little bit fan service, but... If you're giving me a Luke Boba Fett fight, I don't care if it's fan service. It's it's great. Oh, dude, let me and this is where I kind of break because as far as Star Wars goes, I enjoy Star Wars. I'm not a Star Wars devotee. You know, I, I watched the movies, I liked them, but I didn't grow up memorizing all the lines and stuff. I think a lot of Star Wars, especially in the the Disney era, is just dry humping nostalgia. And boy, does this dry hump it raw. But it does such a good job of it. Unlike The Force Awakens, which I thought really rode that nostalgia point. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, this is the same movie again. That's <laughs> All right. Okay. At least this book uh, had a level of quality and cohesiveness to it. Right. And the characterization is really, really good. Like, I, I, just to real quickly piggyback, I like all the scenes where, like, uh, Han and Leia are interacting with each other, where, like, they're playing that, that subtle, like, romantic cat and mouse game that they would continue into Empire Strikes Back, where she's giving him looks like, well, I don't really want you around, but, like, would would you leave? Right. And he's like... Yeah, I would leave. Screw it. I, I would leave. And she's like, son of a bitch, I didn't want you to say that. I wanted you to say, no, I'm going to stay here and marry you and let's go have Space Baby somewhere. It's it's crazy, but it's it's right on target. Like so, And so, and that's the thing, before I, I, I cede my time to, to others, the one thing I want to say is, unlike The Force Awakens, which, like I said, I thought was just going back to the well and telling the same story all over again, this was different in that it filled in gaps. It added to the story without taking away anything that happened before or taking away from anything that happened afterwards. And if you're a fan of these characters, it's very easy to dive into this and be like, wow. You know, and the the art team they chose is superb. Uh, The writer is, he's on point. Like you said, he has those character voices down. Everybody sounds like what they're supposed to sound like. Everybody's as competent as they're supposed to be. And so everything felt really good. And also... Wrapped it up in a really accessible package. I mean, this comic was one that people that don't buy comics bought this comic. And so I I think they did a bang-up job here. All right. Uh, Jay, you're up next. Yeah. I really liked it. And when you mentioned in going, but you know, the Star Wars comics go back to 77 and Marvel's original run. You know, I had nostalgia for those original Star Wars comics. And I thought this kind of played into that as well. You know, really well designed stories. Um, they captured that same kind of swashbuckling Flash Gordon-esque Saturday morning serial type excitement and adventure 
that the original Marvel run did. And so I was like, oh, I'm I'm reading a real Star Wars comic again, as opposed to some of the comics that came out, you know, under Dark Horse. And when they're trying to suck life out of Star Wars. This is still a Luke in progress, Luke, not a Luke's already drank all the blue milk he needed, Luke. Yeah, yeah, which is good. (laughs) I honestly was going to say, J.A., at times... Like, one of my favorite scenes in this entire book is, like, where Han Solo gets to drive an adult, and he yeah. tries to crush uh, Darth Vader. Vader and Vader uses the Force to, to keep the, the foot off of him, stuff like that. That's, that is so endemic of what you got in those old Marvel ones where, you know, they, they show you the the run of on Ord Mantell, which is just a, a one line in... Empire Strikes Back. So I like that idea of taking existing canon stuff from the movies and then pulling on the threads of that and, and tying things together that you might not have thought of. And, and I, I think, yeah, it is a bit fan y but it's if they do it well... And it doesn't just feel like it's fan service for fan service sake, which I agree. I thought Force Awakens was a bit too fan service for fan service sake because they just couldn't think of something more original. Right. One step further, I, I, I thought that when I was reading this book, especially that scene with Han Solo driving an AT-AT, I felt like... Jason Aaron had the same Star Wars toys as we were kids. <laughs> and one day he said, you know, it would be great if I put Han Solo in an AT-AT and tried to stomp on Darth Vader. Because <laughs> I have the AT-AT toy. I have the Han Solo toy. I have the Darth Vader toy. And this is what I want. It's like Jason Aaron understood that we were all kids at one point. We all had these toys and we all tried to fill in the gaps between movies. But he did it well. He said, you know what? They gave me these toys, and I'm going to play with them. I'm going to have fun with them. And uh, Darth Vader gets two lightsabers. Yeah. Like, he has his old one and his new one in one scene. Like, that's not awesome. Yeah. Like, uh, there's one other scene where Luke Skywalker is riding on a speeder bike, and he, like, grabs his lightsaber off the ground, and he starts, like, cutting down legs and things. And, like, and, and Darth Vader's like, a kid's pretty cool, actually. I, uh kind of respect all that that's uh, pretty awesome it's 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 so good and who who didn't have luke skywalker fight boba fett you had those yeah, toys too of course, so that's that those are my initial thoughts is like they had a toy box and they just let jason aaron just run wild with it and you could see that he had a love for these characters ethan well if you have any waning interest in star wars whatsoever you have to read this book it is so 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 good. I I will be the first to admit, like, I'm not a super comic book guy, but I just devoured this. As soon as I finished, I sent Andrew that meme that was like uh, the coked up, um, what's it say, Dave Chappelle being like, y'all got any more of them Star Wars books? I mean... <laughs> Because I was just, I was in love with this book. And um, I just, they didn't just capture, you know, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, uh, Princess Leia. They captured Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, and Mark Hamill. Like, you could actually see them talking as you're as you're reading these, the, the, the panels. I, it was, it's, it's superb in every, in every sense of the word. The art is fantastic. Um, like I said, the writing is fantastic. I, I just love this book. And real quickly, just so we don't sound like a complete circle jerk, was there any bad part of this book? <laughs> Again, the only thing I could go back to is it, it's a little bit too convenient that they're just, that if you're throwing in like a character, it's 
of course it's Boba Fett that's trying to hunt after Luke Skywalker. Of course Darth Vader shows up uh, when um, Han Solo is trying to negotiate. Like, of course you're going to throw all these characters in. You have a, you have a war that's going on between a hundred million people and you're using five characters to tell the story. Yeah, but it's the only story that matters. It's the right. only story that counts. Exactly. So Not if you're Ryan Johnson. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't the biggest fan of the whole Han Solo wife yeah. subplot. I thought it was like, well, they could have done something else. I mean, you know, I didn't mind the, the female love interest from the Solo movie. And it would have been interesting to maybe start to integrate that into the plot a bit you know looking in hindsight with that movie you're thinking oh you could have done so much with uh crimson dawn and kira and everything but uh this is before that so they had to go with i wasn't a huge fan of the hans Solo wife no i i i feel like it was good that they added like somewhat of a new character and she does get some decent legs later on in the series like if you are somebody that likes this book and wants to continue they go into a lot of uh a lot more with his what is her name san sana sana solo you know me in names i always mispronounce things but anyways they they go into a lot more with her she becomes a pretty important member of the rebel alliance which is why like eventually they had to kind of get rid of her because they couldn't have her show up in empire strikes back because that just doesn't happen she didn't yeah exactly so i agree that uh if they had had the wherewithal to know what they were doing with the lord and miller movie with solo it would have been nice to see those elements instead but this isn't a perfect world, and people yeah. are working on creative, different creative planes at different times. So, I mean, Star Wars just isn't that cohesive of a universe, which I'll talk about later. I, I did have one great two. Yeah. As far as when it comes to the art, as much as I love John Cassidy art, every now and again there would be a panel where I would see a face and he'd be like, oh, that's not right. <laughs> and I don't know if anybody else experienced that. Yeah. It happened with Han a couple of times, with Luke a couple of times. I'm like, no. No, that's a different person. You know what I liked most about the John Cassidy art is actually it was John Cassidy art. Nowadays, if you read the Star Wars comic book that Marvel's putting out, I don't know who does it, but pretty much everybody, I don't know, gets a picture of Harrison Ford and, like, traces it. Photo traces. Photo traces and puts it in the book because every single person's face looks exactly like they do in the movies or in some sort of still and they do it on purpose because they want to reinforce these are what the characters look like i like it in this particular series and early on in the series because they're still letting john cassidy do art and his interpretation of these characters looking like they should like i don't think you look at any luke skywalker in this book and say that doesn't look like luke skywalker except for maybe some random the odd panel yeah my probably my biggest gripe is that you have to be a star wars fan to enjoy this like even if you're a minuscule star wars fan you still have to be a fan to enjoy this work i don't think that my wife like i said who's only seen the phantom menace and you threw this book at her i think she would just read it and be like okay i don't i don't see the uh, it was fine like okay it's sufficient it's it's a, probably a c work something like that right no i agree now, i was gonna say that the only gripe i have about this book is jason heron has a really good star wars run after this but like do you have to read the rest of these books no in fact most of the time, when I tell people what they should read is they should read this trade, and then they should pick up the Darth Vader book. 
That is a much more interesting right. story than anything they could tell with Han Solo's wife, with Luke Skywalker trying to be a Jedi, whatever. At least from my opinion. I always thought Darth Vader was an extremely interesting character. He's kind of like Doctor Doom for me, like his the breadth of what you can do with him. Is that's probably why the the sequels aren't as good as the other stuff because the whole story of star wars is about anakin skywalker uh, you don't get me started but we'll get to there in a second let's real quickly get grades i know this might be a slam dunk for everybody but we'll start with chad what's your grade buddy i'm gonna go probably the lowest grade i'm gonna say this is an a work okay i think it's accessible i think the art is good with the occasional hiccup and like i said i think jason aaron did a really great job playing around in the gutters uh, to Ethan's point, if you don't care about Star Wars, I don't know if this is going to do it for you, but if you do care about Star Wars, this is candy. It was easy to read, it was quick to read, it was satisfying in the end, but they're doing more experimental stuff other places, and so this was just nice, it was pleasant. I don't think it's the best I've ever read as far as comic books go, but it was really, really good. All right, J.A.? Yeah, it's an A for me. You know, it, it hit all those right notes. It had the nostalgia factor... Not just about, you know, Star Wars and post A New Hope uh, stories, but also, you know, m the original Marvel run and reading a Star Wars comic that was kind of in that vein again. I, th I, was, I thought it was really nice, really well done story, characters, okay, you know, minor quibble here or there. I thought the Darth Vader series was better at that. Uh, but art was good, pacing was good, plot was good, and as you said, you know, it's like he was taking out his uh, his Star Wars action figures in the sandbox and just figuring out how to play with them. Okay, Ethan. It's an A. Definitely an A. Honestly, it's everything you want from a comic book. Like this is this is why you read comic books is to be to be entertained on the level of this. Like I said, the art's really good. The story's really good. It breezes through. You aren't lagging at all. It makes you want to read more. Again, like I said, the only thing that that hold would ever hold it back at all is that if you didn't care about Star Wars, you won't care about this. But if you only care about Star Wars in a minuscule <laughs> amount, you must read this book. Uh, I, I was going to say, I was going to piggyback on that. I feel like your threshold for liking Star Wars has to be pretty low to enjoy this particular book. This book is so well done. Again, it's an A++++ book. It's one of the better books I've read in the last 10 years uh, the, uh, the entire series, not only this, but also the Darth Vader series that ran concurrently with it. And it, and it does get better. There, there are still some real goods, but this first six issues is really magic. And I feel like, to Ethan's point, you don't have to be super fan 99 over there. You don't have to be Wayne Gretzky. I'm going to make his head bleed. You need to just like uh, Star Wars just a little, little tiny bit in order to enjoy this particular book. Because it's got all the characters that you do care about, all the scenarios, and it's a lot of fun. And uh, it fills in some really important gaps. Uh, better than any other book I've read. Because trust me, lots of other books have tried to fill in these gaps. And none of them have done it to the way that I'm like, nah, Jason Aaron filled in the gaps for me. I don't really need to read anything else. So I, I will say I wish uh, somehow went back in time and gave me this book when I was like seven or eight 
instead of forcing me to listen to the radio opera versions of Star Wars on cassette tape. Oh, he did love those! Jason Aaron's taking out the Kenner Star Wars toys and playing with them. <laughs> you are kidding about that one. <laughs> hey, did you, um, did you do models? I know you're a big model guy, but did you do Star Wars models? I did do some Star Wars models back in the day. I was known to, to you know, uh, put an X-Wing together or a TIE Fighter or a Millennium Falcon. I also destroyed a fair number of them by strapping model rocket engines to them and launching them into space. <laughs> no, but that's what makes it work. We all played with those toys, and Jason Aaron loves playing with the toy box. So, yeah, that's why I like that series a lot. I'm glad we revisited it. I was going to say, that probably stands up a lot better than some of the Star Wars movies of recent vintage. Oh. Shots fired. <laughs> Across the troopers. Except for Last Jedi, Mikey. Except for Last Jedi. <laughs> but in any case, uh, one thing that we hope that you stick around for is more of The Last Comic Shop. Right after these messages, we're going to have uh, more stuff. I don't exactly know what, but it might be Star Wars related, so stick around for that. Everyone, I'm Nerd Bomber. And I'm Tactic, and we're two of the hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Our podcast started as a way for three best friends to keep in touch and discuss their nerdy hobbies like movies, gaming, tech, and more. Since then, we've grown into a great community. Every Wednesday, we chat about the latest nerdy news before getting hands on with our weekly nerdy adventures. And don't forget our high stakes trivia game. Come join the fun at OnlineWarriorsPodcast.com and every major podcast platform. And now, Back to the show. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. All right, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop, and it is now time for our recommendations, maybe. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. We don't have ratings, or we did them earlier. So, yeah, we're going to talk about some comic books we're going to recommend to folks. Right, Ethan? I mean, that's what you wanted to talk about in the second half of the show. Because basically, like, I'm a I'm a rel- relative novice when it comes to comic books. Like, I know about them through, you know, osmosis through you and through our older brother, um, who's been very into comic books. And I've been dragged to comic book stores over and over again. And every time that I go in there, my eyes immediately kind of sink in on properties that I transgenderly know from different mediums. A lot of that stuff comes from like the uh, the manga books that I've read, where I've uh, you know I like Sailor Moon the anime, so I went back and I read the manga when it came in Mix Magazine in in the mid to late nineties. So. When you gave me this Jason Aaron Star Wars, I was like, this is perfect because I know everything about this. I don't have to do a lick of research on it. I can just jump right in. I know all the characters. And there actually is building up a little bit of the background on it. So 
let's let's go Star Wars because that's that's what we've been talking about. So what what other good books would y'all recommend? If you know, I love this Jason Aaron's run, and I want to get more Star Wars. So my Star Wars recommendation, I actually would go back to the very first Marvel run. And one of the things I love are the, the big old treasury editions that are the size of like two and a half regular comic books, but they came out with the first star Wars movie and empire strikes back. Both came out in treasury edition format. And if you can track those down, they're super awesome because there are two Marvel treasury editions for the first movie. And they came out before the movie was done. And so there are some scenes in there that didn't end up making the cut in the regular movie, including parts where they introduced Jabba the Hutt, but Jabba was not Jabba. He was some weird bunny looking thing, but it's neat to see how <laughs> Star Wars, like it's not a fully laid out plan. That is something they're making up as they go. And so those Star Wars treasury editions, they're great. And they're the regular comic books blown up in uh, a bigger size. And that makes them even better. But that's something, if you want those classic Star Wars movie stories with those little extra editions you might not know about, uh, I think it makes it for a really fun experience. Jay, as, as, as a longtime Star Wars fan, do you have a comic book recommendation for Ethan? I have a couple, actually. Uh, one is uh, there's a Star Wars omnibus called uh, The Republic Goes to War, Volume 1. It's, it's about the Clone Wars. It takes place... Right after Attack of the Clones, it came out right after Attack of the Clones as well, and it's the story of the Clone Wars, but it's not the animated show. This is just based off of what happened in the movie. So then you get Obi-Wan, Anakin, Mace Windu, Quinlan Voss, all the Jedis fighting, and you see bits of the war, but it's not the Clone Wars animated show. There's no Ashoka before Ashoka was made. I think it ties Attack of the Clones and... Uh, Revenge of the Sith better together than Clone Wars, which everyone loves. I I thought it's good too, but it's a little bit of a slightly different tone. There's a tone shift when you go from Attack of Clones to Revenge of the Sith. That's my one recommendation. My other recommendation is something that, now this is just a memory thing, so we're going down the J.A. Scott memory hole. (laughs) Dark Horse used to do this Really, really well done Star Wars comic in the 90s. It was back when you were seeing, you know, they had put out the special editions and there was Kenner had read had done the new action figures, the super bulked up Han Solo and Chewbacca. They looked like they were pro wrestlers. And there was this big interest in Star Wars again. And Dark Horse put out this comic that took place i want to say it was between a new hope and empire maybe i don't remember the timeline but it was you know luke leia all those characters and i remember reading those and thinking they were awesome but i'm sure now marvel has probably packaged that and put it out it's all legends now since it's not the disney but it was there were some really good storylines on that that wasn't the same as the the star wars uh classics I think the um, reprints of the Archie Goodwin uh, newspaper strips that not a lot of people had seen in you know a decade since they were originally released. Um, I know I've I've read a, a several of those. I, I reviewed on my own blog an adaptation of the classic original Star Wars expanded universe novel 
uh, Han Solo at Star's End. That was done by Archie Goodwin with art by uh, Alfredo Alcala, who is one of my favorite uh, Masters of the Universe artists. That might be it. That might be what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And that's uh, that's tremendous just because, again, that's Archie Goodwin. And if there's one thing that Archie did really well, it was write Star Wars. Um, And not only did he write... uh, all of uh, those newspaper strips, but he actually was the guy that was writing Star Wars after the six-issue adaptation back for Marvel in the 1970s. Uh, as I've mentioned on the show before, that Star Wars series single-handedly kept Marvel in the black for many, many years in the late 70s, early 80s. If they hadn't had that, uh, they definitely would have been bankrupt for sure. But um, my recommendation is just, again, for folks that want to continue the great stuff that they, happens in Jason Aaron and want to read a series that's even better than that, go over and read the Darth Vader series that Kieran Gillian put out around the same time. Because it picks up right at the tail end of, you know, Darth Vader finds out there's a Skywalker. Well, shit, there's my son, dude. I got to find out who this guy is before the Emperor finds out. And so it's like 25 issues of Darth Vader and kind of machinations around how he's got to find out who Starwalker is, but he's got to keep it a secret from everyone. He, he's got Dr. Afra, who is first introduced. You get um, the the great Wookiee uh, bounty hunter, Chrysanthem. Is that how you pronounce it, J.A.? He's on the show yeah, now. Yeah, I, I think that's it. Chrysanthem like. or Chrysanthemum. I don't know. Chrysanthem. Uh, Chrysanthem. And and you also get the murder bots, who I'm hoping show up in a Disney Plus show some point, because those murder bots, anytime you get a murderous uh, C-3PO and R2-D2, they're the best. They're like the breakout characters. But it's like 25 issues of, again, at this point, like, uh, a lot of his power has been taken away by the Emperor because, you know, his failure on the Death Star, he's got to kind of finagle his way through, like, these... Uh, grand moffs and things that are running the the imperial navy and again keep it all and and it does tie in with the jason Aaron run there's like a two issue crossover called uh, vader down where vader crash lands on a planet and the rebellion corners him in a chance to maybe try to assassinate him and end the war but uh he manages to escape it's told from the villain perspective but sometimes that can make for a really intriguing story versus like, you know, the same story that you hear all the time about Luke and Han and Leia to see it from Darth Vader's perspective. I thought it was even better than stuff that Jason Aaron was running, which was great. So check out that 25 issues real easy. I think it's four trades. I mean, you hinted on something that's really like interesting when it came to Darth Vader's got to find out if, he has a son before the Empire does. So that's like a kind of redemptive villain a little bit. He's starting to get into that arc, right? Where it's yeah. like he's thinking about, oh my God, like I got to protect my son before this this evil Empire comes and hits. Because at the end of the day, he's still my son. Right. But it's also a, a thought process that if he's got a son out there that has the same force powers as him, that's what gives him the edge over the Emperor. Like, again, you're still seeing, like, Darth Vader thinking to himself, yeah, the normal path of a Sith Lord is to eventually replace the Master. So how am I going to do that without an awesome apprentice? Let me get my son to help me overthrow the Emperor so that we can rule as father and son. It's just great stuff. 
and again, it, it, it spawns so much. Like, you don't get Dr. Afro. You don't get the murder bots. You don't get Black Chrysanthemum, who is, like, tearing it up on the recent Book of Boba Fett show. You don't get all of that without that Kieran Gillian's Darth Vader run uh, that was happening. That's an easy pickup for any fans out there that want to read good Star Wars comics from this guy. So, oh, well, I do know that they recently did a thing where they kind of fused Star Wars with manga. Yes. So you're big into manga. You might want to check that out. I, I haven't read it. I've just seen it on um, on Comixology. But uh, I think, you know, if you have an unlimited account, you can get, like, the first trade of this Star Wars manga cross where, like, all of the Jedis are s- samurais, essentially. And There you go. It's similar to that Star Wars uh, Visions that they have on Disney Plus that you can watch. But in any case, we gave you our recommendations. Ethan, it is now time for you to give us one. What is a comic book that uh, folks can pick up at their local comic book shop that you recommend? If you're talking about, I mean, Star Wars is a classic Western. Let's go back to the one of the better Westerns that I've read. It's uh, The Lone Ranger, 1 through 25. It's a favorite of, of Mr. Chad Smith, who's, who, re- who recommended... Uh, every day until the cows come home. It is a great run. We can actually get all together next time and let's read it. Let's get the Western back. Let's raise the wagon again. And let's read some Blue uh, Ranger. What do y'all think? I, I heartily agree. It has been far too long since our favorite French mime, Jean Rochot, has come. <laughs> but that... That, that Lone Ranger run, Chad, uh, I know that it has the John Cassidy covers, and it always again, <laughs> makes me angry because you don't get the interior art by John Cassidy like you did in the Star Wars book. But who uh, who did that book real quick? So, uh, yeah, that Lone Ranger run is the best. Uh, Brett Matthews did the writing, and uh, the artist, I, I think it's an Italian name. I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. It's, it's Sergio Carrillo. Who's not Italian, but Brazilian. But we get you. <laughs> When I thought Italian, I thought Francesco, Frank, me. Uh, not in this run, but ironically, uh, once John Cassidy quit doing covers on the next Lone Ranger run, who took over but Francesco, Frank, Avia? So it's all connected, man. It's okay. all connected. It's all blues and purples, right? But that, that run isn't very good, right, Chad? Like, after issue 25, like, it just kind of falls off a cliff, right? Well, let's just say it stops at issue 25. <laughs> so read the run. There are too many different versions. Just get the one by Matthews and Carrillo. There you go. And, and if you're going to read other Lone Ranger, just skip over and go to the, what, Mark Russell with the Bob Q art, right? That's the Oh, that's stuff. a good one. Uh, that was a return to form. And then it stopped after five issues. Oh, it's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that we hope that you're not sad about is missing another episode of The Last Comic Shop. Because you don't have to. As long as you rate, review, and subscribe by going out to our website, www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. It's our terrific place where you can find all of those podcast links. You don't have to go to another galaxy far, far away. You just go to the website, find those links, including a link to YouTube, right? It's a time to watch videos, you know? There's probably Star Wars videos out there. You can watch some of our videos, too. We Not only do we have all of our podcasts on our YouTube channel, but we also have special videos, uh, interviews with uh, independent creators, as well as uh, uh, comic unboxings, action figure unboxings, all kinds of wonderful stuff. All of that available, www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. 
Com. And you want more bonus content? Find us on the socials. You can see us on Twitter and Instagram at Last Comic Shop, or you might see things like our Wednesday polls, or what books we're picking up at the comic shops ourselves, or even daily comic factoids and tidbits, and whatever else we feel like throwing on the internet. But tell us about our merch on the website, J.A. Yes, you can have a Last Comic Shop Jedi robe. <laughs> Maybe not. But you can get a tote bag, and you can get a mug, and you can get some other cool stuff, and occasionally we put out a special edition. So... If you need to give your comic book loving friend, brother, wife, sister, husband, child a gift for May or June or July, I suggest you look at our merch store. Hey, hey, look, uh, we've done a lot of licensed material books. We've done a lot of Marvel. We've done a lot of DC. All of our episodes are evergreen, so you can listen to them whenever you want. At whatever time you want, you just have to click on the subscribe button on your favorite podcast player, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're on there, please give us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it, and we'd really appreciate all the new fans and all the old fans as well who remember me from the old show that we can't talk about. But that's fine. We're, we're not my shop now. Look at Ethan yeah. getting back on the bike, just getting back into form. <laughs> Oh, and while we're the last comic shop podcast, Ethan, the last comic shop podcast, I repeat, uh, <laughs> we don't want to be the last comic shop. So find a comic shop near you. Uh, there's a comic shop locator at www.comicshoplocator.com where you could go and find the Star Wars book by Jason Aaron and uh, John Cassidy, or you could find the Star Wars book, the Treasury Editions, maybe if they have a Treasury Edition section, uh, which has some sweet Howard Chaykin in there. And uh, was that Roy Thomas that did the writing on that one? Yes, it is. Remember. It is Roy Thomas with that adaptation. There you go. Maybe it is the classic Star Wars by Archie Goodwin and Al Williamson and others. Or the Clone Wars book. Maybe it is the Darth Vader series that was the companion set to the Jason Aaron stuff by uh, Kieran Gillen. And I believe Sal LaRocca, the one with the murder bots, the murder droids. They are so fun, those murder droids. And uh, maybe some Lone Ranger. That came up by Brett Matthews and Sergio Carrillo. There's all sorts of great things waiting for you at your local comic shop, so go to there. Yes. And we hope you come back to the last comic shop next week. It won't be Star Wars related. It will be Doctor Strange related. Remember, the Doctor Strange movie comes out this week. So make sure that you tune in next week. We've got a Doctor Strange book for you, as well as possibly a Doctor Strange movie review. Yay! But until then, I'm most Andy Larson. I'm joined by J.A. Scott and Chad Smith, as well as Ethan Larson. And we hope that you stay safe, stay cool, and remember, may the force of wills be with you! Yeah! Why did we recommend the Star Wars? Because it was terrible. Don't you remember? That was the worst grade of all of 2021. Oh, it was an awful book. First drafts should stay in one place. A trash can. Not in comic book form. Ah, Not everything Star Wars is great. The last comic shop was... A 2022 Black Angus production.